In this episode of Influencers, actor Matt Damon and Water.org CEO Gary White. When the final dominoes fall on this, it will be a world where everybody has access to water and sanitation. This is not a political issue at all. You know, the left doesn't have a, a monopoly on compassion. I just try to live my life with the values that I that were instilled in me long before I was an actor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Influencers. I'm Andy Serwer, and welcome to our two guests, Matt Damon and Gary White. Gary White is the CEO and co-founder of Water.org. And Matt Damon, of course, is the Oscar-winning actor and the other co-founder of Water.org. They're also the co-authors of a new book called The Worth of Water. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you, Thanks. Andy. Great to be here. Matt, let me start with you. Uh, we spoke to you guys actually a little more than a year ago. Can you talk about uh, the past year in terms of water access, especially amid the volatility of the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, yeah, sure. Um, it's actually been uh, a wonderful year for Water.org. We're, uh, we're, um, you know, our work has been accelerating over the past uh, decade. We we reached our first million people in 2012, and we're at 43.7 million people as of today. So, um, so that's really exciting. Obviously, uh, COVID COVID uh, initially uh, slowed things down, but we but 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 we're still we're we're doing really well right now, and. Uh, I mean, Gary could be specific about the numbers, but I think right now we're um, uh, we're kind of moving from strength to strength. So, um, you know, that's that's one of the reasons we wrote the book was to to get the word out and try to get more engagement from people and let them know what we're doing um, because it's it's going really well. I do want to talk about how the organization is doing, uh, generally speaking, but also I want to ask Gary about the uh, issue of access to clean water worldwide and whether it's improving right now or getting worse. In fact. Uh, water access is improving, actually, and I think you know we're seeing it with uh, with our numbers, as Matt had pointed out. Uh, but people around the world are gaining more access uh, every day. Uh, I think the challenge is is how much that is going to be put at risk with with climate change. You know, if, if climate change is a shark, then water are the teeth. And we know that people living in poverty who have tenuous connections to to water right now, tenuous sources are possibly going to backslide. And I think that's why it's so important that we we look at adaptation in terms of climate change, making sure that people have more resilient uh, water services. And for those that aren't connected yet, to, to get them on the water grid so that they can really start living uh, a life that uh, allows them to spend more time in school for girls, to improve their health, for you know, women to to get paying jobs and support their families, water is the key to to all of those things. Since we last spoke, also uh, the outlook for climate change has uh, certainly not gotten any better. There's more dire warnings from scientists. Uh, what does that mean, Matt, for uh, water access? And could solutions to water access help ready the world for climate change? Even? Great question. Uh, well, yeah. I and mean, what we know is that the people who are going to be affected worst and first are the, are the are the most vulnerable. Um, and so and so it's a very, you know, it's it's something that we're definitely thinking a lot about. Also, backsliding on the gains that we've made, right? And I mean, I think these events show us how uh, 
fragile um, all of these systems are. And, you know, as you were pointing out, you know, the man-made events in, in, in Ukraine and, and, and then the, um, you know, the climate events. And so, so it's definitely something, uh, you know, we know also that building resilience to, you know, ma- making more res- communities more resilient is, uh, is something we need to do. And so, um, you know, that's something this work aims to do. Right, and and you mentioned Matt the the shift in in the corporate world in the book towards greater awareness of issues like climate change and wealth inequality among figures like uh, Larry Fink. Is the corporate world moving quickly enough here? There's actually a group that's formed called the Water Resilience Coalition, and uh, there's there's many Fortune 100 companies that are now joining in that uh, that coalition because they recognize that water is getting more scarce. They're recognizing areas where they have operations are going to be vulnerable to this. So they want to invest in in water resources and watersheds and in the people that live there getting access to water. So they're working closely with us at water.org and with water equity to actually use their treasury functions to invest in the water equity funds so that we can then reach more people with water and sanitation. And so they can actually uh, also have potential uh, financial return. Some of them are looking at donating that financial return back to water.org, but basically it helps them become better water stewards. It helps them with their ESG ratings. And so there's a whole lot of of goodwill there, but also a lot of enlightened self-interest on the part of corporations, knowing that they have to be part of water solutions if they are going to also have access to water for their business. Yeah, and you're seeing the SEC maybe moving towards having ESG mandates. It's kind of interesting stuff. And, you know, Gary, back to you. How do you get the attention of these CEOs, though, as opposed to, say, other issues? Because you've got some other guy coming in right behind you with another uh, project that's perhaps equally important. I think we get the attention because of a couple of things. One is, as I mentioned, this is good business for them in terms of ESG, in terms of giving back in the communities where they want to continue to operate. I think also kind of the the innovative nature of water.org and the entrepreneurial kind of market-driven solutions that we're pursuing, it resonates, right? And it also means that we're much more efficient. You know, for a philanthropic investment, uh, of five dollars, we can reach one more person with with water. That's because you know we unlock the capital markets with that philanthropy, using that to kind of set this in motion, correct market failures, and then the the capital can flow in. So that's how we've you know reached uh, more than forty three million people now through these small loans, totaling over three point five billion dollars in capital. Once the the corporate CEOs understand that uh, there is a, a smart business solution in here, there is innovation, and there is the ability to tap the capital markets. They see the power in their philanthropy reaching even more people. Like classically, we've done much better with institutional investors and, you know, with the, right. and these corporate partnerships that generally just, we send Gary in for like a four hour brain dump and, you know, and uh, and 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 people really do respond because they 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 understand the model and they see the you know how efficient it is and and how smart it is and why it works and um and 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 then we get buy-in from them that way. It's it's the the grassroots uh, messaging is much more difficult because 
it's so complex. It, it takes, you know, such a long time to, I mean, even clear the first hurdle of like why it's an issue, right? And then move from there to kind of what we're doing about it and the, the journey to get from how we started to, to where we are and why we're here. I mean, we never thought we would like built an, an asset manager, right? It's like, yeah, you know, if you told us that 10 years ago, we would have said, what's an asset manager? Probably. So, um, so the, the solutions that have kind of come back to us in 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 in, in listening to the, the people in these communities and in trying things out and in seeing what works kind of kind of taken us in these interesting directions. Um, that was another reason to write the book to kind of explain the, the progression of events. Yeah, well, let me ask let me ask you guys a little bit more about that last point about writing the book and why you decided to do that. Gary, besides that point that Matt made, were there other sort of objectives that you guys hope to achieve? Well, I think you know, what's clear about our success is it's built on the insights that we gain from the people who don't have access to, to water and sanitation. And certainly Matt and I have been around the world and been able to sit with them and talk with them and understand from them how water impacts their lives. And so, yes, we're telling the story, but we're really just a channel for the story for from the, these individuals who like heroically are solving their own water systems challenges and lifting themselves out of poverty. So we think it's really important for people to get a firsthand look because not everybody can travel the world with us to, to make this happen and to to bring that to life. And not just like why it's why not having water is so bad, but why having water can be so good. Just one story of a woman uh, that I, I met in Uganda recently, her name, she went by the name of Mama Florence. Oh, you'll right? love this, Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> Mama Florence uh, had taken out a loan with one of our 150 financial partners that we now have around the world uh, for a few hundred dollars and installed a, a pump and a water tank. And now she is using that to raise pigs. So you can then feed pigs some of the the, uh, the vegetables from the gardens that she's growing. She's also now making bricks with the water uh, and to sell those. She took some of those bricks and she added an addition onto her home so that she could rent out rooms. And she's also using the savings to uh, help get her grandchildren to school. So you see, it's it's like water, and we fail to realize this anymore because we take it for granted, water unlocks all of this potential for economic purposes and to help people move forward. Matt, in the book, you credit Bono uh, for pushing you to travel to Zambia when you first took an interest in this issue. What did Bono tell you and what did you learn from him? Well, yeah, he had his organization data and they really did a, a great thing, which was they would take people like me, Bono was just trying to kind of uh, maximize the effect he ha was having on the world by trying to enlist other people to kind of get involved. And so uh, two really wonderful people, Taylor Emery and Aaron Thornton, who were working there, took me uh, to Zambia and, and they basically curated a trip for me that was just uh, kind of like a college mini course almost to try to learn about uh, all these different issues. So each day would have a different learning focus and you know, uh, urban AIDS or, or microfinance or all the, all of these different uh, uh, things, and and one of the days was was a day on water, and uh, and that was kind of my introduction to uh, to this issue, um, and uh, and that was where I really yeah, I really you know was introduced to it by them and but but by this girl that I met and went on a water collection with. That was the first kind of moment that I really understood the enormity of this issue and uh and was surprised that nobody nobody really talked about it 
Right. That's 16 years ago now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and you were just giving another example, Gary, about women, um, that one that you were talking about in Uganda, I believe. But also, um, what is what is the significance of microfinance in this area when in empowering women and 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 is that part of the approach of this gender equality point? Yeah, it, it certainly is. I mean, this this crisis disproportionately affects women for sure, and we see that you know over eighty five percent of our borrowers uh, through our partners are women, and so they definitely feel the brunt of this crisis. They have the most to gain, I think, in terms of getting access to water for their family. Uh, they're no longer walking hours each day. And, and, and for girls too, you know, being able to liberate them from carrying water so that they can be spending more time in, in school. So it, it, it just is, is something that, that really cuts across all of these different uh, areas that allow people to, to move forward with their lives. And Gary, can you talk a little bit more about microfinance and why that's a, a key here to everything you're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what, what we see and what we learned is that people are already paying for water. And so if we could get them uh, more affordable access, instead of going to a loan shark, for instance, and paying 150% interest, which is what we were seeing in some cases, let's help them get access to, to a small loan so that they can get those improvements. The problem with microfinance was when we tried to bend microfinance towards water and sanitation, the, the, we kind of got the door slammed in our face because they're like, no, we make loans for income generating assets like a sewing machine or a cow where you know, that loan creates a cash flow by the end of the week. If you, know, you have a sewing machine, you're sewing clothes and, and selling them. And what they said, these loans would be way too risky for us. And so what we did is basically say, okay, we will give you some grant funding to help de-risk this. So you can do market research to see if the demand is there, to see how people would repay the loans, to look at different water and sanitation products that you might work with in order to get these loans out there and having impact. And then that was our breakthrough. Once these microfinance institutions then saw, oh, this is an income enhancing loan. That woman who now doesn't have to walk three hours for water, it has a job and she's repaying the, the loan. So that was the breakthrough that's now allowed us to have this network of partners around the world and you know, $3.5 billion in loans and counting. But the key insight, and Gary's always modest mm -hmm. about this, the key insight was Gary's and it mm -hmm. was that um, that that pe these people were already paying for water, and in many cases, 10, 15 times more than the middle class was paying, uh, or the people in the fancy hotels, and and they just didn't have any savings. They couldn't front the three hundred dollars for a water connection. The utility was piping water right under their feet, and they couldn't get access to it. Instead, they had to overpay for for poor quality water, uh, or take time and go, uh, you know, stand at a community tap or go find water somewhere else and take time either away from a job or in the case of younger girls away from school. Um, and the, the impacts of that are, you know, obviously uh, horrific. So, um, so it was that insight and then pulling the, the MFI partners along and convincing them that, that these loans could and would be paid back. And it was a hypothesis that, you know, when I met Gary and, and now it's, you know, um, 99, they pay back at over 99%. So 43.7 million people later, I think he's, his hypothesis has been proved. Yeah, that, that epiphany or a process of epiphanies um, is underlying all this. And you said you guys met in 2009. How did you guys meet actually? 
Go ahead, Matt, you take that. Well, we met, I, I went looking for, I had, start, I had started just raising money for uh, direct impact, like well projects, right? Which a lot of people who get involved in this, they go dig wells and they go and they do fundraisers and say, hey, please, you know, your, your money will, I, it will impact this many people. And, and I knew it wasn't a long-term salute. When I looked at it, 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 it wasn't gonna get us there, but it was something. And I wanted to start moving forward. And, and pretty soon I learned, you know, I started to see the enormity of the issue, the complexity of the issue. And, and, I, and, I, and I decided, and it was really the smartest decision I made throughout this process that I needed to partner with kind of the expert in the space that, that, that I could find. And so Gary's name was the one that kept coming up. And, and in 2008 at, the, uh, at CGI, the Clinton Global Initiative, uh, we, we picked that as a meeting spot. And uh, and, uh, and and we met and we met each other there, which we write about in in the book. Our first kind of awkward meeting across a very long ballroom, and it was just he and I, one one from one side and one from the other, just walking, walking, walking you know, towards each other. Uh, but uh, we we got past the initial awkwardness and um, and just found that philosophically we were so aligned and um, really around the issue of kind of the concept of of charity and traditionally it being kind of paternalistic and. And here, this is for you, and you're welcome. And uh, kind of, uh, you know, ver you know, which creates dependency, uh, you know, among other things. Uh, um, and 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 versus versus our approach, which is about uh, just nudging a market towards people and letting them uh, solve their own problems. You know, I mean, nobody's going to take a loan out for for a solution that they don't want. Right. Um, versus a lot of the water projects we see, you know, half of them fail within five years. And we've been all over the world and seen that story again and again, where somebody very well-meaning, an NGO meaning well, comes in and puts, you know, sinks a, sinks a well. And, and but it's, you know, it's 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 got too many parts. It's 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 overly complicated. And then it breaks down. And sure enough, there are no replacement parts and nobody's been trained in how to, you know, and and. And and the the village is back to digging a hand dug well, uh, with with all of the you know disease implications and, and sickness that come along with that and um, and so and so this approach you know is 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 really about empowerment. I mean, it is a big problem though, you guys. And in the book you write, Gary, today's best estimate says that solving the world's water crisis would take 114 billion a year for 10 years. Right now, the total development assistance is going to water and sanitation is just over 28.4 billion a year. Mm -hmm. Part of this, your solution is microfinance, but what and who's to blame for that big gap? And does that ultimately need to be addressed, Gary? It, it certainly does. It needs to be a, a bottom-up and top-down solution. Certainly, what we see is the potential for literally hundreds of millions of people to, you know, through microfinance to kind of exert demand for these services and to get connected to the water grid that's there so that they can, you know, capture these savings. But the water grid has to be present, right? And that's something that we, we see as the need to, for governments to invest more. Uh, our asset manager, Water Equity, will be launching uh, a, a climate and infrastructure fund later this year. And that will actually look at being able to invest in utilities, service providers from the top down. And so you can imagine if that capital comes, you can put more pipes out into the poorer neighborhoods. And if people have one of our water credit loans to pay to connect, then you kind of put the whole thing together. So it is a top-down, bottom-up solution. It is people participating at the household level. It is government 
investing in the infrastructure. And together, this can really work. We're all about partnerships and, and collaboration because we know that we have this vision for everyone in our lifetime getting access to water, but we know we're not going to do it alone. It's only going to be through these types of partnerships. Matt, in the book, you joke a little bit about the criticism of you as a Hollywood liberal out to save the world. What does that depiction get wrong? And, and maybe you could talk a little bit about, in that vein, your mother's advocacy in Central America and how it's inspired you to reflect on uh, helping others. Yeah, I mean, my, I, I just try to live my life with the values that I that were instilled in me long before I was an actor, and and uh, and my mom was a huge part of that. My dad too, by the way, but uh, but <clears throat> it was my mom who took me uh, to some of these countries where I got to see extreme poverty up close for the first time, and and that really really had an impact on me, um, and it really helped me contextualize my own life. Um, you know, which I felt real. It was a real blessing that she she did that, and it's something that I do with. With my kids as they get older i take them uh, with me on these field visits so that they can see you know uh wh where they fit in in this world and how big the world is and how different people live and uh and and the challenges that people face that uh that that we don't necessarily have to face just by dint of where we were born and 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 so um so yeah, I, so so I'm sure you know people think of me as uh, you know they know me from Hollywood, so they think of me probably as a Hollywood liberal. But I said in the book like I'm a Cambridge liberal because you know, it's right. You know that's East where coach. values. East coast. Right? No, 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 we've talked about that. But, hey. but can I also just say like just if, you know as long as we're just touching on politics that this is not a political issue at all. You know the left doesn't have a, a monopoly on compassion, and and this 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 issue. Uh, is 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 kind of a, a good one on the right and the left, um, yeah. you know. It's it, and 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 this and this system and this programming that we do is, uh, um, you know, it's 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 very effective and efficient. And so it, uh, yeah. And there have been these polls over the years where they say, what do Americans of all stripes respond to more than anything? And and what polls number one is ideas that work. So if, if you have an idea that works, it doesn't matter where you sit on the political spectrum, you, you know, an American person will tend to be all for that. Right. And it seems to be a fundamental right of human, of humanity, if you will, right? Yeah. Just a couple more, you guys. Um, Gary, you write about your circuitous path to water.org. Can you talk about your professional experiences a little bit and, and what it's like to work with Matt? Mm-hmm. Well, it's been amazing to work with Matt because I think we we reinforce each other, but we also complement one another in terms of, of what we're able to, to bring to this. It's, uh, you know, Matt has has become actually one of the world's water experts uh, over time. I wish I could say I've become one of the world's greatest actors Gary's too. become one of the great actors. <laughs> Somehow it doesn't seem to reciprocate. Uh, but I think it's, you know, professionally, this is all I've ever done really, right? I mean, this is over 30 years I've been, I've been at this and I was fortunate, you know, at a fairly young age to kind of understand this, this quote about, you know, your, your life should be about the intersection of the world's greatest need and your greatest passion. And I was very fortunate to discover that, that intersection. So for me, my professional life has been all about this, but, but it's been, always been about reinventing it and trying to clear the next hurdle. You know, th this is complex, as Matt said before, and every time you clear one hurdle, 
you know, remove one obstacle, there's another one there. But at the same time, you're having bigger and bigger impact along the way. And I think that's, you know, when the final dominoes fall on this, it will be a world where everybody has access to water and sanitation because not just us, but all of the good ideas that come together to make it work. And it can work because it has worked. I mean, we here enjoy safe water 24 seven. It's not, you know, a silver bullet cure. It's just a matter of making it happen. And by showing that you can connect the capital markets to it instead of just charity, that is what gives us hope that we can solve this. Excellent. Matt, before I let you go, I noted you have a mustache going on there. You're in Albuquerque shooting a movie. Can you talk about that for just two seconds? Sure, yeah, I'm shooting a movie uh, about uh, Oppenheimer and, uh, and the Manhattan Project. And so I'm here. So I'm, I'm playing uh, General Leslie Groves, who if you look him up online, you'll see that he too had a mustache. <laughs> and so that's why uh, that's why I look like this. And uh, and I'm having a, a great time. Killian Murphy is playing Oppenheimer and he's just fantastic. I've, I've mm -hmm. really enjoying working with him and, and watching him. I mean, he's just tremendous and it's going to be great in this movie. And uh, it's Chris Nolan directing, so it, it should, should things should work out pretty well, hopefully. Should be interesting. I remember watching him in Peaky Blinders. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, amazing one there. Anyway, you guys, thank you so much for your time. Such fascinating and important work that you guys are doing. Gary White, CEO and co-founder of Water.org. Matt Damon, the other co-founder of Water.org, also has a career as an actor, co-authors of a new book called the worth of water. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Andy, you're the best. Thanks yeah. for having us, man. Appreciate really, it. really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Influencers. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Yahoo Finance on Twitter at Yahoo Finance and at Surwork.